0: Hello, Duke fans, and welcome to episode 328 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. It is Sunday, July 18th, 2021. I am your host for this episode. I'm Sam Klein. I am sorry that I was not able to join Jason and Donald for the last episode, but I am going to do the introduction here by myself. We are going to get right to our continuing conversation with Jay Billis about Duke players entering the NBA draft. This episode is about DJ Stewart, so stick around and we will be right back with Jay Billis. We are back with Jay Billis who as we mentioned last time has been has graciously offered to uh, lend his his drafting hand to us here on the DBR podcast. So on the previous episode, we went in on Matthew Hurt, Duke's power forward, who is a projected second round pick. Today, we are going to talk to Jay about DJ Stewart, who uh, was a guard for Duke just for this one season. He was a freshman this year, and he's decided to come out. The I think general projections on, on DJ Stewart are not very high, but but I think we want to talk to Jay about about all aspects of DJ Stewart's game and how they may translate. Jay, before I get to that, one quick kind of general question for you about the process this year of evaluating talent. Obviously, everyone's seasons was changed because of COVID. You had limited ability for... Uh, general managers and other NBA personnel to visit campuses and talk to guys, although now it seems like they're able to conduct a lot of that stuff in person. How different has that process been and, and what effect do you think that's going to have on certain guys in terms of where they get drafted, how they're developing um, those questions sort of over the summer?
1: It's been really different. And as, as you guys know, the pandemic has affected different people, different players differently. So not everyone has handled it the same and it's not been the same set of circumstances for every player. Uh, you know, Duke had some difficulties last year that, that other teams, some other teams had some other teams didn't. Uh, and, you know, but it's difficult to factor in, you know, when you have a a players that have been isolated to that level and staying in a hotel for the whole year and not able to do anything other than play and go to class online. And, uh, it was, you know, I think it was really, um, challenging from a mental health perspective. So not every player handled it the same. Uh, but that's, that's not what I expect we're going to be dealing with in the future. At least I hope not. So I'm not sure that, that, you know, it needs to be overanalyzed, but, um, you know, I, I, would have questions, uh, for every player and, and the NBA personnel do have questions. So when they sit down with, with guys at the combine, and it, you know, with individual workouts with teams, um, those interviews are very important. And, uh and I think it's going to be really important for DJ Stewart as well.
0: So talking about DJ Stewart, then one of the interesting things to me, looking at his combine results, we'll get to his measurements. But one of the interesting things to me was how he was listed as a point guard. And I, I think if you watch Duke basketball this year, DJ Stewart to me felt more like he was a wing or a shooting guard than he was a point guard. How do you think he, but, but we know that he's not very big. So how do you think he projects in the NBA as far as the position he's going to play? Is he better suited to learning how to become a point guard or is he going to be able to carve out a role as a wing player?
1: Well, at his size, he's going to have to handle the ball and be able to initiate offense. I don't think he has to be necessarily a traditional point guard in the sense of, of, I think I think we wind up referring to players as he's a natural point, you know, sort, sort of the natural leader, handler, distributor, things like that. I don't think DJ fits into that category. I don't think he is a natural point, but I think he can handle it. I think he's a good passer. Um, and I think I think in time he'll he'll be able to initiate offense at the NBA level. Uh, but, you know, it's funny, you know, the NBA moves the ball more than college moves it. You know, they pass more per possession, more more per 24 seconds than they do in college. Um, so you, you're not going to have a lot of pounded in the end uh, of the deck point guards in that league. Um, but but he's at his size. The the issue is if you're going to play somebody else and play DJ as a maybe a, a two guard, um, it, it's it really does become a question of who do, who does he defend? Um, you'd rather have a guy with size, but, uh, but it, it, I think the day's NBA has shown you don't have to have it, but you know, it's preferable.
0: And talking about DJ's size, we know that at the combine, he measured out with a pretty decent wingspan for a guy of his, of his size, but he is only six foot, six foot one and, and only about 160 pounds. So does that, does that hurt him significantly when it comes to, uh, not only his draft ability, but being able to project him for an NBA career?
1: Yes. Um, I, I always think it's better to be bigger and longer. Um, doesn't mean you can't overcome it, but when you're his size, you had better be really disruptive on the defensive end. And uh, and you'd better be able to uh, impact the game. Um, and, you know, DJ was a guy at the NBA Draft Combine. Um, he struggled. I mean, one day, I can't remember, I, I think the first day he was one for nine. Um, he did not play well. and And it was one of those things where, you know, you looked at the box score afterwards and and you had you go, geez, I, I kind of forgot he was out there um, because you're looking at other players. There's so many players at the combine. He did a little bit better day, two, uh, I think I think showed much better. But overall, um, it, you know, he, he had a he had a difficult time standing out among the guards there. And some of the other players, um, you know, performed at a higher level and, and more consistently.
0: DJ Stewart's announcement that he was leaving Duke at the end of the season to go to the NBA draft I think was met with some surprise among among Duke fans not not wholesale like not that we thought that he was never going to leave and that he was a four-year player necessarily but that his play this year didn't necessarily warrant that so looking ahead at the draft in a situation where he is maybe unlikely to be drafted what does success look like this year for DJ Stewart and and, and if we're fast forwarding a year from now how much NBA or G league playing time does he need to have to feel like he made the right call in deciding to end his college career early?
1: Yeah. The the right call is a, is a subjective thing. So uh, I think Duke fans may look at it as, well, if he's going to go in the G league, he should have come back and played for us. And, and because you get to see him, you get to watch him you get to see him develop all that stuff. But my, my, my sense is that no matter w- whether he gets drafted or goes undrafted, DJ is going to be in the G League. That is a great place to develop, and arguably, it is a better place to develop than college. Um, now, in college, you're seen, and you're on television, and it's, it's done in full view. In the G League, nobody's going to see it, or at least Duke fans aren't going to see it. They're not going to watch it. Uh, maybe a couple will, but most of them are going to watch it. So there, there's a little bit of like, I, I do think that that mindset, it, it doesn't have to change, but things have changed. And it's not like it used to be where if you're not going to be drafted in the lottery, you shouldn't go. Or if you're not going to be drafted in the first round, which was a, an issue, you shouldn't go. Um, you know, now we've had guys drafted in the second round that have signed really important deals and have done really well. Uh, heck, Draymond Green got drafted in the second round by Golden State. It's worked out pretty well for him. Um, so, to me, it's just a question of personal preference for the player. Is, one is the player ready to be a pro and ready to go after this, you know, full full time, full bore. And and you know, are they have they committed to that, or is it just something where you know you can make a mistake if the player um, you know has had that predetermined in his mind that that he was going to leave? I mean, it's a totally different world that we're living in now, where these players have grown up seeing their peers go pro. And so they compare themselves against their peers. You know, when I was playing, it used to be, well, you know, this guy made All-State. I'm just as good as he is. Or this guy was a, a McDonald's All-America. Well, I'm just as good as he is. Or so-and-so's recruiting him. I'm just as good as he is. Now it's guys are going pro. I'm just as good as he is. And uh, so you see decisions made, you know, sometimes based upon that. But, uh, uh, you know, the, these decisions are made, you know, by the player and their families and their advisors, Um, I've kind of taken the tack and and reasonable minds can differ and anybody can do it however they want. But, but I, I kind of look at this saying, you know, who am I to, to judge that decision? You know, it's, it's like, um, you know, judging whether a player should have off season surgery or not. It's not, not up to me to to make those, you know, my thing is just how good is the player? You know, where do you see him as a pro? I mean, there are some guys that can stay four years and they're not going to get any better. And that's, that's just who they are. And, you know, honestly dj stewart may be one of those guys um you know and when i say not going to get any better guys always get better but but it's not going to be some sort of quantum leap where you'd say hey if he stuck around for a while he'd be a first round pick um that may not be true for him at all um and and, you know he could stay four years and not improve his draft draft status that happens a lot and guys that are that right now are better players than he is aren't going to get drafted um so uh you know he's young now and uh and that mitigates in his favor frankly you know teams look at younger players and say well you know that that maybe there's a higher ceiling we don't necessarily know who he's going to be just yet guy who sticks around four years you know and uh, doesn't mean they can't make it or won't make it or won't improve uh but you're more likely as a 22 year old to uh uh, to be who you are or project who you are than you are as an 18 or 19 year old
0: and looking at at his projectability i think we talk a lot about when guys are in the draft that to be drafted or to be drafted high, that you need an NBA ready skill, whether that's shooting, passing, rebounding defense. What do you think is, is DJ's skill that is, that is most NBA ready if, if any of them are.
1: You know, I, I, the way I look at DJ and there's not a, a huge body of work there. He's had one year uh, in college uh, I think he's got a lot of tools and I think he's good at a lot of different things. I don't think he's great. I don't see him as being great at any one thing. Um, you know, He shoots it well. He's not a great shooter in my view. He handles it well. He's not a, a you know, some sort of fabulous handler. He passes it well. Uh, he's good in transition. He does a lot of things uh, pretty well, uh, but he's not, he doesn't have an overwhelming skill that stands out. You say, okay, this is who he is. This is the NBA skill that he has. And that doesn't help. Um, you know, he had a, he had an issue at the, uh, at the combine, he, he, he wasn't finishing well. And so when he got in the paint, when he got past an initial defender, he didn't handle that as well as you would expect or hope uh, for a a prospect that's going to be drafted. And so, so, you know, going from one for nine, um, you know, some of the turnovers uh, uh, he he had some issues there where he didn't stand out. And if you're not going to stand out at the NBA combine, uh, when you're playing mostly against second-round picks or undrafted players, you know it, it, it. You do start asking the question, like, well, what what is he going to do when he gets in against the, you know, the cream? And uh, you know that's a that's an important question. And and to me, he didn't answer it yet. But maybe in workouts, I mean, there's still a long way to go. It's not over yet. And certainly, if he goes undrafted, picking the right team. Uh, to go as an undrafted free agent is going to be really important, where he has a chance to make it, uh, make the team, or get into the G League and and really work on on getting better to where he's a he's a coveted prospect by the NBA.
0: And I guess to to finish out, then I don't think we expect DJ to have his name called in the draft. But do you think that that he's going to get called?
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't project DJ as a, a draft pick. Uh, he's ranked in the sixties for me, which would put him outside of the draft, but it doesn't mean he won't get drafted. And it doesn't mean that, that if he doesn't get drafted, his phone won't ring why, right away with a, a team or team saying, we'd like to have you in camp. Um, so I think that'll happen for him. He'll be in camp somewhere. Um, he will definitely be in the G league, uh, if he's you know, not able to make a team and, and have a, have a, a, a great shot to continue to get better and to work his way into the league the The only issue with that, as you guys know, is is more players come out every year, and and it gets crowded. And there aren't that many, like you know, in college, uh, you know, college clears out every year. You know, you got graduating seniors, and you know, guys guys leave. Um, they don't leave the NBA. They play as long as they can, and so there aren't that many spots, and it, it becomes a numbers game after a while. And you know that that's part of the problem is it, for a prospect is you know if you're six one and you know you, you're not doing anything at, at the highest level, um, you, maybe you can but you haven't yet or haven't shown it. Um, there are more guys coming behind you that have uh, maybe the same talent level and and you might have the same questions, but they're younger um, and that's going to keep happening year after year. So it's not it doesn't get any easier after you put your name in the draft, um, and that's why I say all the time. Um, you know, it's one thing to be drafted. So, so if your goal is, you know, to, to be drafted higher this year, than next year, the next year, that's fine. Whenever you go into the draft, you'd better be ready for the long haul. It's not just about where you get drafted. That's part of it. And I get it. And I'm not arguing the point. I'm just saying more and more players keep coming out and they're going to be lottery picks the following year. And second guys that get drafted second round and that, that teams have, have used their draft picks, maybe traded to get that draft pick. And uh, so you're always going to have guys that are going to come in and and you're, you know, the space is crowded. So you'd be, you better be ready to be a pro and have that your life's work. Um, You know, guys can go back to school. I get that. I'm not worried about it. That's their decision. But, uh, but your decision to be a pro, uh, you know, needs to be a a one made with, uh, with, you know, the most information and it needs to be an educated choice.
0: Jay, one final question for you about DJ Stewart before we before we wrap on this discussion. Uh, any thoughts from one hair aficionado to another about DJ's new hairstyle that he was showing off at the combine?
1: Always impressed. Uh, you know, anytime, anytime somebody does something with hair that I can only dream about, he, he shot up my hair draft board. I know that him and Jericho Sims and some other guys. It was impressive.
0: Excellent. Well, Jay Billis, thank you so much for uh, diving deep on DJ Stewart with us. Folks, we'll be back again to uh, talk to Jay one more time about about Jalen Johnson, um, but that'll do it for this one. Thanks, Jay. Thank you. We will take a quick break. When we get back, we will react to that conversation. So stick around. We are back, guys. Let us break down DJ Stewart and Jay's uh, projections for him a little bit. Donald, I want to start with you. What did you think about Jay's comments on, on DJ Stewart and, and his potential for not only getting drafted in a couple of weeks, but for his success in the NBA?
2: Unfortunately, it's what we've been hearing over the last couple of weeks about DJ Stewart and that his chances of getting drafted are have gone down quite a bit uh, over the last couple of weeks based on. The measurements coming out of the combine based on his performance coming out of the combine and just his overall the, the overall concern of teams about his size and his ability to play the point guard. So uh, I know he talked about natural point guard versus the ability to handle the ball and we know DJ Stewart can handle the ball. He he handled it at times at Duke, but most guys in the NBA who are point guards handle the ball Seventy-five percent of possessions. We, you know, you obviously have the point forward, and you have some shooting guards that can bring the ball up. But the four general is supposed to be the point guard, and DJ Stewart has to improve drastically, or show teams that he can improve drastically at that point, at, at the ability to bring the ball up and to control the offense and to distribute the basketball in order for him to be successful in the NBA. So that is my main concern, and I think. When Jay kind of reiterated some of the things that we've been hearing, it only it only rose those concerns about his ability to be
0: drafted. We know that Jay Billis doesn't like to do the the player comp thing, which is why I didn't ask him directly about that with DJ. But Jason, I think that's the hardest thing for me to think about trying to project DJ Stewart is that I can't see another NBA player that is shaped like DJ Stewart and and does the things that DJ Stewart does and is you know, and, and is a, a highly successful player. So how does that make you feel when it comes to projecting DJ Stewart out in the draft and into his future? I mean, it's,
3: it's obviously a source of concern. It's a, it's a big concern. J, Jay said that DJ is not a natural leader or passer. And, and then he said something that I think is really important for people to note. He said, look, the NBA passes a lot more than they do in college. Uh, I think that's, I mean, it's sort of an obvious comment, but on the other hand, it's pretty darn insightful. And he's right about that. Uh, you know, college guys tend to pound the ball into the floors, you know, especially this past season at Duke, we saw a lot of that in the NBA, that ball is on the move the whole time. Cause that's the only way you can get open for a shot. And, uh, you know, for DJ to be a guy who, who struggles with, playing the point and, and creating passing and opportunities for his teammates. That, that's, a, that's a real problem for him. I mean, at the combine, DJ was four of 17 shooting. Uh, that's bad, but wait for this. He only had four assists and seven turnovers during the scrimmages that they had at the combine. Um, that's that's kind of what happens when a wing tries to play point guard for the first time, which is what DJ Stewart was doing. And Jonathan Gavoni, who's one of the leading draft experts around, said that DJ Stewart was the biggest single loser at the combine. I mean, that's that's a wow comment for Jonathan Gavoni to say. Gavoni said that he spoke to NBA scouts there, and unanimously, every single NBA scout who was there said that they thought DJ Stewart should drop out of the draft and return to Duke. Unfortunately, that's not an option for DJ. He's not able to drop out because he signed with an agent who is not certified by the NCAA. The NCAA put certain standards in for agents to make sure only the most scrupulous agents, the, the most honest agents, would represent NCAA players. And but and not to say that this guy is dishonest, but uh, the, he, he's not certified by the NCAA. He, he, his credentials and the such, his practices have not been checked out by the NCAA. And as a result, the NCAA says, if you sign with him, you're not allowed to return to
0: college. And Jason, even if he was able to come back, the the Duke roster is full of guys, like DJ's not going to get more opportunities this year at Duke if even if he did come back than he would potentially playing in a G League situation. Like he's going to be able to find a an NBA team that's going to allow him to develop in the G League, I think more than Duke will this year, because let's face it, fewer games and more guards on this Duke team, including already having an entrenched point guard in Jeremy Roach. And you know, again, to to a point that Jay has made to us. It's hard to say, okay, is so-and-so making a good decision or a bad decision by coming out or, or after what year should someone leave for the draft? And, And it's a, it's a personal decision, but you can see here in DJ Stewart's story, the challenge of the timeline of events where at the end of the season, you know, DJ had a great year for Duke. He was by the end of it. Once Jalen Johnson was gone, DJ was was arguably Duke's most productive freshman along with Mark Williams. And if you take the whole season into account, DJ was the was the best freshman across the whole year for Duke. So a great year. You know, we can't say whether he would be even better next year or how much better he would be next year. But riding on that great year, he decides, all right, time to go to the draft like this is it for me. And now he's at this point where Duke has backfilled his spot. With multiple guys on the roster. so there are there are more guards coming in to to take his place than than he was able to take during this past season. And so now the option isn't really there for him. So I'm not saying that he's that he's not going to get drafted and he's not going to have a good NBA career, but this is this is the challenge for a lot of these players when it comes to should I leave? should I should I stay? should I like should I test the waters, how much time should I spend doing that? Everything else is moving around you. And 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 with the exception of a very few select, very talented players, the the programs can't wait for for all of these things to shake out to figure out where you are going to go.
2: The the D.J. Stewart story, at least is one that we have for a bunch. You know, we talk about this all the time. There's only 60 guys that are going to get drafted. And there's like 130, 140 guys that think they're going to be drafted. So they enter their name into the draft. And this is like for those of you who are watching Loki. This is like Loki that as these guys are going to the draft, the sacred timeline is being reset behind them. So for some of these guys, (laughs) you've seen some of these guys in recent days who have come out of the draft You're saying, Hey, I'm withdrawing from the draft, but I'm not going back to the school that I came from because they don't have room for it anymore. So they're entering the transfer portal. So this is going to be something where it's going to be. DJ Stewart has his path set on getting to the NBA. He thinks the best way to do it is to leave Duke and do that elsewhere or to do that in the G league or do that overseas before he, if he does not get drafted uh, on July 29th, that's cool. But the thing about this is it's going to be something where people can take this and say, Hey, look, we don't want this timeline reset behind us. We want to make sure that our path is our path and that the timeline is what we want it to be. And the, the path to the NBA is what we want it to be. But as DJ Stewart is seeing, it's not going to be paved for everyone. It's going to be cobblestones and some people it's going to be gravel. And right well, now he just has to navigate that.
3: Well, and, and by the way, Jay Billis said, and this is another, you know, there are little nuggets in these interviews with Jay where, where he says stuff that I'm like, ooh, he's, you know, that's, that's some insight. Jay said, you, and, and there was no qualification about this. He said, you develop better in the G League than you do in college. And, and it, you know, because there's more practice time There's, you know, you're able to focus on it in a way you're not in college. There aren't limits on the amount of practice you can have. You're playing against school, yeah. You're playing against better competition. Um, So Jay was pretty clear. You you get better in the G League than you do playing in college. And DJ Stewart, if he's not on an NBA roster, will be on a G League roster next year. Sam said that. Jay Jay said that. You know that that's that's a sure thing. So DJ just decided he would rather. Get his development done in that kind of atmosphere than he would in college. Now, by the way, the, the downside to that is there—you know—you're you're not building your brand as much. People don't follow you as much. You know, the number, the number of people who watch Duke games versus watching G League games—you can't even compare it. It's, it's like nothing. It's probably miserable,
0: right? Yeah. Like yeah. you are playing in front of small crowds and riding in buses, small towns, yeah. You- the 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 accommodations of being a Duke basketball player or, you know, a, a top player at a, at a a player at another top school, probably better than being a G League player.
2: Oh, so, by, by a lot. Yeah. So the thing about the G League is that a lot of guys have been moving their operations within their cities that they live in. Right. Like they're moving their G League base closer to their NBA base. But it's still night and day. You're not playing same, at some high school gym. Not, you're not playing yeah. for the same team. Yeah, you're playing at some high school gym versus an NBA arena. And there's a huge difference just even in that.
0: Guys, let's get to predictions very quickly. I will set the the prediction at, will DJ Stewart be drafted? So it, it's it's the 61st pick in the in the draft. Jason, I'll come to you first. Is DJ Stewart getting his name called at the draft?
3: Yeah, sadly, I think he's going to join the ranks of Trevon Duval as Dukies who left early. And were undrafted. Um, I I don't think a team will take, uh, will use a pick on him, uh, because I I feel like most of the teams that really want him will will be planning to stash him on their G League team. And uh, you know, like Jay said, I think his phone will ring very, very shortly, or his agent's phone will ring very shortly after the draft is over. But um, but that'll be teams wanting to sign him to a G League contract, not and bring him to camp. He'll play summer league, you know, that kind of stuff but I don't think he'll get drafted. His combine stuff was just too disastrous. And and the biggest thing for him is the NBA needs him at his size to play point guard, and he has not shown point guard skills or point guard abilities um, thus far at Duke or at the combine.
0: Donald, is DJ Stewart getting drafted?
2: Uh, I hope that I am extremely wrong for this prediction, but I don't think he's going to get drafted. I agree with Jason that I do think that he ends up in the G League next year or, you know, going through the Summer League circuit, obviously, and then going into maybe a training camp from there. But I do think, I will say this, when it comes to Summer League, that will be a great opportunity for him, another great opportunity for him to showcase, hey, you guys made a mistake by not drafting me, if that comes to pass. So uh, I think he'll, you know, learn from that as well. But I think, unfortunately, when we hear the 60 names called on uh, draft night, his name will not be one of them.
0: Just for fun, I'll say that DJ Stewart's getting drafted. and and I I hope you're right. I don't have good justification for that. I I think you guys are right about his combine performance. He's small. He has not demonstrated the skills yet necessary to, to justify spending a draft pick on him. But from what we could see, let me make the case for him. From what we could see from him at Duke this year, he's a guy that everyone likes to be around. He has a positive effect on the team, both on the bench and on the court. He makes people play harder around him. I think that the defense uh, was a lot better with DJ on the floor than it was without him. And that, that defense, that perimeter defense is going to be his calling card when it comes to making the NBA. So it's not, it's not at NBA ready yet, but when he goes to the G league, I think the thing that will stand out about him is his tenacity on defense and his ability to get in the way, even at his size. So it's not a skill that I think a lot of G leaguers are, are focused on. I think that, that, that there is some bias in the G league towards guys that score a lot of points and fill up the stat sheet. I don't know that DJ Stewart's going to be able to do that in the G league, at least initially, if he's playing point guard, but he is going to play a lot of good defense and NBA personnel can tell who the good defenders are, that this is their job. So, so I think that the DJ has got a shot in that regard.
3: Well, and, and remember During the season, there were several times that we commented about the fact that DJ was just a guy who was really scrappy about getting points, getting rebounds. For a guy who's six feet, he blocked a tremendous number of shots. Um, This was a guy who was able to fill up the stat sheet um, in ways other than ways you would expect from a six-foot-one wing. And uh, yeah, Sam, it, it ain't impossible that an NBA team looks at him and says, this is someone that I'd, I'd rather have control over than, than just
0: letting you know anybody else uh, take, take a flyer on him. I know that I mention him way more often than, than, than needs uh, mentioning, but Lance Thomas carved out a basically 10-year NBA career from being a scrappy guy who developed a jump shot. And, and all we saw in college from Lance Thomas was that he was a scrappy guy who was a good leader on his team. So if that's what it takes... DJ Stewart, anyone can make it, not anyone, because you need a little, you need some size in athleticism, which I think DJ has. I don't think I could, could, could succeed in this realm, but I think that DJ's got that. And so we are certainly rooting for him, whether or not he gets drafted on draft night. So that'll do it for this episode of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. We will be back again this week to talk about Jalen Johnson and his draft prospects. But until then, for jason evans and for donald wine i am sam klein this has been episode 328 of the duke basketball report podcast duke band take us home